Welcome to Season 7 of American Political History, The Dominion of New England, The Congregation of Friends. Quakerism would emerge from the same tumultuous events that we've covered before. The English Civil War, the Spanish Armada, Queen Mary's Catholic bloody reign, and all of the other tension between Protestants and Catholics in England. Quakerism rose in parallel with the Puritans. They, too, were persecuted for rejecting the books of common prayers, stained glass windows, and their refusal to use the vestments of the Church of England. When a set of Puritan pamphleteers were convicted in 1637 for pamphlets filled with seditious libel, those pamphleteers were punished for their crimes, having their ears sliced off and the letters S.L. branded on their cheeks. The English government would require all ministers and preachers within the country to sign a declaration stating that they would not seek to challenge the religious or governmental order in England. This required statement was specifically targeting Presbyterians, Congregationalists, Unitarians, Puritans, Baptists, and the Quakers. The English authorities hoped that this heavy-handed crackdown would extinguish these religious sects, but it did the opposite. It was inspirational to see religious groups so zealous that they would publicly stand against the full weight of the English government's punishments. Quakerism was started by a man named George Fox. He asked, Why should any man have the power over any man's faith, seeing that Christ himself is the author of it? In 1648, a 24-year-old George Fox began to preach in the countryside of England. He would say that he was illuminated by the Holy Spirit, which caused him to question traditional religious practices of England. George Fox would quickly face recriminations from the authorities. After preaching in Nottingham, he was jailed for a month. He would teach his followers, that these public punishments were opportunities to display a steely conviction of your beliefs. In Manchester, George Fox and two associates were arrested and convicted of blasphemy. George's associates recanted their beliefs and were set free with only minor punishments. George would be convicted and serve a year in prison. While in prison, the warden was initially relentlessly cruel to George Fox, until he was struck with a vision where on Judgment Day, the warden was afraid of George Fox, because he was ashamed of God seeing the way he had treated him. I knew that God would judge me harshly. So the warden decided that he would spend a night in the prison cell of George Fox as punishment for his crimes against him. When George Fox was presented in court to a magistrate, who was known for despising Quakers, George Fox was offered to have his sentence shortened to a month if only he recanted his beliefs. When he politely refused this offer, the magistrate, in a rage, slapped him across the face. George Fox responded by publicly forgiving the magistrate for the outburst. The magistrate was so impressed by George Fox that he allowed him probation of roaming within a mile of the jail so long as he returned at night to finish out his sentence. When the jail term finished, George Fox picked up where he left off, preaching on the countryside of England. George was now accompanied by a small group of some of the most passionate Quakers, known at the time as the Congregation of Friends. They would all preach of the lack of spiritualness within the English culture and the superficial nature of the current Christian beliefs. They would challenge those that listened to better reflect the love and Christian goodness within their lives. They gave testimony of simplicity, embracing modesty, 
and uncomplicated orientation toward God. They wanted to shy away from the trivial material pleasures or pride statuses. They were preaching against the typical trappings of English life. Quakers wore plain clothes with no identifying social ranks of society or marks of hierarchy within the church status. Quakers also viewed wealth differently than other Christian groups, saying that poverty was not a mark of one's spiritual character, nor did they require the rich to give away wealth to the church, just that rich men should not flaunt their wealth. Quakers would also encourage the uneducated to pursue their own path to spirituality. After all, both Moses and Noah were lowly shepherds, and Jesus himself a carpenter. And unlike most of the leaders of the religious movements at the time, George Fox did not leave some sort of handbook or particular writings on how his followers should behave. Quakers were to simply live a life filled with integrity, honesty, humility, which was focused on Christian goodness. And a Quaker should never turn down someone who sought their help. In 1655, George was arrested in Whitestone Village and sent to London. In London, he would be taken to Oliver Cromwell, who was so moved by a conversation with George Fox that he welled up with tears at George's departure. George Fox and Cromwell would exchange letters until Cromwell's death in 1658, but George was unable to get Cromwell to lessen the religious persecution of Quakers in England. In 1662, Whitehall branded the hosting of secret meetings, that is, unapproved religious meetings, as criminal. In 1664, they increased the punishment for those who preached in open spaces, and increased the punishment for those that rejected the oaths of the Church of England. Another distinguishing characteristic of Quakerism is the way they saw women as equals. George Fox went out of his way to teach women how to preach publicly. A woman publicly preaching would have itself been a shocking sight which drew a crowd. Within the meeting halls, Quaker churches, women were fully accepted, often giving the sermons. Women took places of leadership within the Quaker movement, leading others to actions that they saw as most godly. Mary Fisher, Elizabeth Hooten, and Sarah Phil were some of the women of station who were called to the Quaker cause. They would use their station and knowledge of money to give affordable interest rate loans to those who would normally have been victims of the loan sharks and criminals of London. Quaker women would later be some of the first inventors building new machines in the American Industrial Revolution, and later from that, they would be some of the founding members of the abolitionist movement to end slavery in the United States. The achievements of these great women all stemmed from the Quaker culture of seeing their sons and daughters as equals, giving both genders quality primary education. I know that most of the things I'm detailing here about Quakers seem, well, rather ordinary, but that is just a testimony to how thoroughly the beliefs of the Quakers, once viewed as one of the most radical Christian groups within England, has thoroughly and completely absorbed into the American culture and framework of thinking, even though most modern Americans could not tell you a thing about the Quakers. Quakers would challenge fundamental talents held by Puritans, Anglicans, and Catholics. Most challenging was the Quaker belief that the inner light of God was found within all of us. At the time, this was a disturbingly radical idea. Most Christians believed in scriptural revelations with educated study and guidance from the most learned of scholars. This type of scriptural revelation 
was only for the elite in a time when most people were not even literate. But the Quakers believed that God was found from within, that Christianity was a priesthood of all believers accessible by all believers. The Protestant and Catholic churches had literally fought for centuries debating simply the place of which ritual should be used. Yet now, the Quakers insisted no rituals were needed. The Quaker faith rejected conventional forms of hierarchy within the church for both office and social position. Layered in with this idea was a profound, subtle implication of a leveling of societal hierarchy and statuses, which was a direct challenge to the social norms of the time, filled with church hierarchies, merchant guilds, mercantile monopolies, and, of course, the hierarchical pillar of the monarchy. And the Quakers not only attacked so deeply into the governmental and social hierarchy, they attacked society's hierarchy, appointing women to important leadership roles within the churches and considering them intellectual equals. Thank you for listening to this episode of American Political History. If you want to support the show, please subscribe and leave a five-star rating and share this show with someone you think would enjoy listening. Thank you again, and until next time.